All right, let's see what we've got here for text messages. And, of course, if you know the answer, then give us a call right now. Make sure you save that number in your phone. Uh, let me see here. In relationship to the Barnabas Fund, throughout history, Christians have been persecuted. Governments will go to war for everything but for Christians. How often do we hear about the daily persecution of Christians in the top 50 nations wherein 260 million Christians are suffering. May God mm. bless the Barnabas Fund. You know, I was reading, you know, and, and, and it's a fact, I can give a story every single day here on the radio about persecution of Christians. Yeah. Uh, you know, we, we, we go to church. Well, we don't actually go to church. When we go back to church, but the way we were going to church, and people used to complain about it, you know, you're walking up to the church and you put your mask on, you sanitize your hands, you go through the whole ritual of scanning the QR code, you know, all of these things that we do, right? Yeah, that's right. As Lawson sanitizes his hands because yeah. he's forgotten to do so. Um, but <laughs> no, we, I didn't forget to do so. I was just like, I'll, I'll sanitize my hands. You're but right. We, we, do, we go through all of these yeah, ritu- right. rituals, right? And because of COVID and we complain about it and then we get locked down and we complain about that, et cetera, et cetera. If you're in Pakistan right now and you're going to church, you can expect to go through a metal detector. Mm-hmm. You're going to have men standing around the church with tactical shotguns. Mm. Uh, you're going to have to show ID mm. and you're going to have to give evidence if you are not a member of that church that you are actually a Christian. Mm. And if you're not, then you're liable to be patted down. All kinds of things might happen. Yeah. That's to go to church in Pakistan. And the reason for that, of course, is with the resurgent Taliban, uh, Christians in Pakistan have a memory of you know, the resurgence of uh, uh, or, or how it was when the Taliban were in power in their neighbouring country, how much more persecution there was in Pakistan mm. against Christians because you had extremist organisations that would just leak across the border and operate in both countries. Yeah, blow up churches. and Yeah, blow up churches, attack Christians, mm. you know, all that kind of stuff. Uh, pretty, pretty heavy, pretty heavy kind of things that are happening in many, many places. You've got uh, Tariq El Taliban, which is uh, the Pakistan version of uh, the Taliban, mm. and you know they operate as a terrorist organization there in in uh, in Pakistan. So, yeah, and I, you know, as I said, you, you give those kind of stories every single day. Yeah, just yeah, wow. All right, this next one looks pretty heavy. The Aztec gods and sacrifices. I wonder how many children. Or we went. We went here. You and I went here after that story. Yeah. I wonder how many children are aborted every year. This is actually it's forty to fifty million a year. One hundred twenty-five thousand abortions a day, according to the World Health Organization. While we appreciate there are many reasons why women are forced to do so, that is not my point. Aztecs cut the chest open while the person was alive and ripped out their heart. Ooh, abortionists ripped the fetus uh, to pieces at a time. We can't even begin to comprehend the pain they must suffer. Surely there must be a more humane way. As for the teaching of Aztec prayers being taught, Satanism is doing very well. Thanks. The world is going to be a very dark place. Yeah. The world is already a pretty dark place. It's Yikes. getting darker real fast, Yikes. though. If you, missed it, if you missed that story, we did cover a little bit of history of the Aztecs, and they were the greatest human sacrifices that the world has ever known mm. by a very, very wide margin, and they were just absolute. They were gruesome. Mm. 
They were really gruesome in the way that they went about human sacrifices, you know. And of course, you know, you've got child sacrifice and cannibalism and all these different practices that have largely disappeared in our world today. And yeah, state California education curriculum is bringing back prayers to those same Aztec gods. Yeah. It's just like, wow. Ultimately, yeah, they're celebrating their religion. A religion of violence yeah. and misogyny and hatred and death. Yeah. And murder. Mm. And trying to be woke about it. <laughs> yeah, and being like, this is inclusion, guys. <laughs> like, no, this is awful. Like, this is... The thing is, is that it's like, it, because this class of religion doesn't even exist today for good reason yes it's not like we're persecuting religion by saying oh no this shouldn't be a thing no this doesn't exist today because it was terrible (laughs) like 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 this is this is like and we want to bring this back we like okay so those gods again so we act like there are laws against being a nazi because being nazi is such a terrible thing yet we're elevating a, a class of people like this group of people that uh, you could argue were way worse, infinitely worse than the Nazis. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what a world! What a world! <laughs> and doing it to be woke. Yeah. Wow. Well. I have no words. Yeah, I have no words. It's, that's tough, bro. <laughs> and, and it's not like you know. It's not like a school. It's it's the state, state, of, state of California. The state of California. Like, dude, I was go, I was coming up with scenarios in my head. I'm like, this is the setup to a horror movie where you know a kid moves from they move down from Washington State to California to go to a school that's kind of in rural California, and then it turns out like the entire school sacrifices children. Like this is the, it's surreal. Like I'm actually I'm so I am so lost as to. How that can happen. But well, when you've got Oregon outlawing maths because it's racist, then, you know, this is the next step. <laughs> what can I say? All right, First Corinthians chapter 10, verse 1 to 11. We've got a fascinating passage of the Bible. I'm so glad we can talk about the Bible for a while. Amen. I need, uh, I need some need brain, I need, I need brain bleach after that story. First <laughs> uh, Corinthians chapter 10, verse 1 to 11 is the passage we're going to look at. This is an amazing passage, and it's all about types. We're going to be talking about types this morning. And when we talk about types, it's kind of, we're going to be using this word in a way that it hasn't been used for a very, very long time. It comes from the Greek word typos, mm-hmm. uh, which means example. Mm. And we usually use that word today, type, as to distinguish a particular thing from another one. So you've got this type of blue pen versus that type of blue pen. Mm. We don't really use it as the example yeah. that it used to be. So, you know, yeah, okay, we can say that there are they are examples of each other because they're two different types mm. of the same thing, but it's kind of different in our heads. Yeah, but th- th- that's where we, like, to understand it better today, we use the supplementary word, like, anti-type. Yes. Which is like, so you've got a type, which is the example, and the anti-type, which is the fulfillment. Yes. And so, and so like the fulfillment of the example. And these are yeah. theological terms. Yeah. If you're not a churchy person, you probably have no idea what we're talking about. Yeah. And a lot of churchy people have no idea either <laughs> when you talk about type and any type. Yeah, type, it's, because it's... It's basically it's, example and fulfillment. That's right. 
because this is like, dude, type and anti-type. We're getting deep. Like, this yes. is this is when you start really doing some big picture cross-referencing of the Bible. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Like, yeah, good stuff. But we're gonna get we're gonna get into it today. Absolutely, All right. absolutely. All right, First Corinthians chapter ten. Start verse. Uh, let's give it the first four verses. All right. I don't want you to forget, dear brothers and sisters, about our ancestors in the wilderness long ago. All of them were guided by a cloud that moved ahead of them, and all of them walked through the Red Sea on dry ground. In the cloud and in the sea, sorry, yeah, in the cloud and in the sea, all of them were baptized as followers of Moses. All of them ate the same spiritual food, and all of them drank the same spiritual water, for they drank from the spiritual rock that reve- uh, that traveled with them, and that rock was Christ. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Okay, so this is a pretty hectic passage right here. It's kind of mm. like, what on earth is Paul going on about yeah. in this passage? This is when Peter, like, says... Yeah, Paul's really hard to understand. Yes. <laughs> it's like what he was talking about. He was thinking the first four <laughs> verses of uh, of 1 Corinthians 10. And, and, and it's kind of like, you know, Paul just sort of la- launches into all these types and antitypes, rapid fire right here, mm. and you just start to try and get your head wrapped around the first one. He's already onto the second. Mm. And so you jump to that one, start to get your head around that one. He's onto the third already, and he's just bringing out all of these types and any types, just like rapid fire, boom, 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 boom. Um, and yes, anyway. Uh, moreover, brethren, I would not have you that you. I would. Uh, KJV, getting me tripped up here. This is uh, it's Monday morning, man. <laughs> moreover, brethren, I would not that you should be ignorant how that all our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea. Okay, at that particular point right there, we can say all that Paul is doing is reminding them of history. Mm-hmm. We followed a cloud, we passed through the Red Sea, we came out of Egypt. Mm. And then he goes, and verse 2, and were all baptised unto Moses. Mm. And at that particular point you go, Wait, what? Yeah, that's right. There was a baptismal system back then. I mean, the word baptize is not mentioned until the New Testament, anywhere in the Bible. Mm. And we know that, you know, baptism or immersion was something that was practiced by Jewish peoples, ritual cleansing, so forth. They would have, you know, large baptismal tanks in their communities where, you know, people could go for ritual cleansing of the entire body uh, on on occasions, which was a form of baptism. But here, Paul turns around and talks about they were all immersed, because that word baptism means immersed. Mm. They were all immersed unto Moses in the cloud Mm. and in the sea. How does that happen? Yeah, that's right. Neither the cloud nor the sea made them wet. (laughs) Yeah, in fact, it goes out of its way to say that they walked on dry ground. Yes, yes. That's right. It continues on and talks about them walking on dry ground as this happens. And so how do you get immersed on dry ground? How do you get immersed when you're not even in the water? The whole point of the crossing of the Red Sea was that they didn't get immersed and that, you know, wasn't the Egyptians that got baptized? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, man, they got baptized under death. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> death to the old man. 
And no resurrection. For <laughs> no them, resurrection man. for those those guys. That's tough. Indeed. Mm. Okay. And then it goes on. And then it says in verse 3, and they did all eat. And we stopped there and like, yep, okay, we understand they ate food because if you don't eat food, you die. Lawson and I also had a conversation about this earlier on. Uh, but then it, then he comes out with this one, the same spiritual food. Mm. And it's like, wait a minute. We understand that people eat, but what do you mean they're eating spiritual food? And what was the spiritual food that they were eating and drinking? And then he goes on and he's like, oh, okay, this is some good questions. Let me explain it for you. And when he explains it, he just makes it even more complicated again. Yeah. He says they, uh, they, they, they drank the same spiritual drink. They drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. Okay, so now let's understand this. We're drinking a rock. So, so put yourself in the in the <laughs> shoes of a seeker who is reading this for the first time. They've picked up a Bible and they're like, yeah, you know what, I'm going to read the Bible. I've never read the Bible before. And they happen to start here. Have you ever drunk a rock? Um, No. And I, like, I feel like there might be stories of kids who, like, when they were, you know, when you're a kid eating dirt in the backyard, they might have tried to drink a rock. Yeah, we've all I, swallowed a rock at some particular point, no, I'm I, sure. I think Maybe, I have averted that. I think I never that? swallowed no, a rock okay. in my life. Not even, like, a gritty little piece in your salad sometimes? Like a tiny rock? No, I don't think so. Okay. Right. Um, well, uh, uh, yeah. yeah. Not that I can remember, at least. I think I've swallowed one or two, about, <laughs> maybe about three millimetres across. Okay. Uh, but there's a difference between swallowing a rock and drinking a rock. Yeah, that's right. And this is they drink of the spiritual rock that followed them and the rock was Christ. So is Christ, is he a spirit? Is he a rock? Is he a human? Which one? How do you, do you see a spiritual rock, dude? <laughs> okay, do you now start to see why it is that Peter says that some of the things that Paul says are hard to understand. Mm. All right, Lawson, help us to understand this passage. What is going on in this passage? Oh, well, essentially... Types and anti-types. Types and anti-types, that's which right. Which means examples and fulfillments. Mm. Well, I think, like, for for the... You know, you brought up the, the, the word seeker there. Like, for the person who is reading this for the first time, without that perspective of the larger Bible context, like, it would be very difficult to understand. It would make no sense. But for the crowd that Peter's writing to, uh, sorry, that Paul is writing to, firstly, um, the Corinthian church who are, you know, Christians. And for us reading today, like Lyle, you, you and then myself as Christians, we can start to pick out here a lot of, spiritual language yes. that point us back to stories and then furthermore even things that that Jesus did and lived out where we can kind of make start to make some level of connection um like firstly starting with like being baptized yes you know as they walk through the red red sea baptism is is a representation of like death to self and commitment to god and a new life and a new life which is exactly what the Israelites experienced after they walked through the Red Sea. On one side of the Red Sea, they were in Egypt. They were slaves. They were slaves. On the other side of the Red Sea, they were free. Mm. And the reason, the primary reason that they were still slaves when they were in Egypt was because the Egyptian army still existed, and the reason that they were free once while they were on the other side was because the Egyptian army no longer existed. Yeah, exactly. Like, again, we see this example, this type of what we experience today in a much more um, acute 
kind of sense, in a much more uh, spiritual and and anti-type sense where people get baptized. And this is what the Corinthian church would have been experienced as well. They did the same baptism back then as we did now, you know, which was, hey, you agree to our beliefs. Um, you agree to the beliefs of the church. You want to become a follower of Jesus. Okay, we'll take you down to the local river and baptize you. We, we do the same thing today. Um, but what Paul's doing here is hearkening back to a, an experience that people in the Bible had that was similar, that represents what we do in an acute symbolic sense. Yeah. So let's let's just work it work our way very quickly through the story. Baptism is a symbol of death to the old person and a new life in Christ. Mm. The Israelites, when they went through the Red Sea, the old person, the slave, and 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 uh, sin is something that enslaves us. Mm. So the old person, the slavery disappeared. They followed the cloud, Jesus Christ, and in Christ they become a new person on the other side of the Dead Sea. They become free people, and that freedom is the symbol of salvation by grace alone that God gives to each one of us. It is a symbol of our freedom in Jesus Christ, a freedom from being a slave to sin. The Bible says sin is transgression of the law. It is a freedom from the transgression of the law. It's really that simple. And so they find this freedom in Christ right here. Mm. Okay, so the Bible says that they were baptized into Moses in the cloud and the sea. And then it says, and they all ate the same spiritual food and drank the same spiritual drink. Yes. Okay, so then we ask ourselves the question, what was it that they ate and drank while they were in the wilderness? So what were they you know, on the other side of the Red Sea, they've, they've been baptized, they've experienced this new life, they're now free from the life of sin, they're free, free from slavery, they're no longer slaves to sin. What are they eating and drinking? Yeah, so, well, there's one point where they're not eating and drinking anything. And then yeah, they, but and not then, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then they complain. Yes. <laughs> and they petition God and they petition Moses like, hey, give us, give us some food because we're in the middle of the desert. And then bread literally comes from heaven. Yes. Like like literal physical manna food floats down from the sky and covers the ground and they wake up the next morning and there's food there. Okay, so they're eating manna. Yeah. All right, so they're in the wilderness. Now, I don't know whether you've ever... No, you haven't, you haven't been to Israel, have you? No. Um, or surrounding regions. No. Um, it's desert. There is no water out there. Yeah, that's right. Okay, so where, where do they get their water from? They get it from a rock. Yes, so Moses speaks to the rock, he hits the rock. Um, there's a couple of different occasions in relationship to the rock. And out of the rock, water comes, mm. a spring, supernaturally comes pouring out of that rock. And so they are sustained there in the wilderness by the divine supernatural intervention of God. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Okay, where are we up to? We were looking at the food, so we looked at um, first of all their baptism, and then we've got them having food. Yeah, and and the fact is they are receiving their sustenance from God mm. in the wilderness. They are receiving their sustenance via the manna. They are receiving their sustenance via the uh, spring that comes out of the rock, mm. um, where God has supernaturally provided sustenance for them. And uh, Paul says, okay, this is this is a lot like how you live after you are baptized. Mm. You receive your sustenance from Christ. You receive your food and your water spiritually 
from Jesus Christ. Well, how do we we receive that? Well, the Bible says, unless you drink my eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no life in you. Mm. If you do eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have eternal life, and I will raise you up at the last day. Mm. That confuses the disciples, and they're like, Lord, this is a hard saying. Who can understand it? So he explains it, and he says, look, my literal flesh, my, my, my body, profits nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. Mm. And so how do we drink, eat, and drink? the blood and the body of Jesus Christ, we do so by eating and drinking the word of God. And once again, you've got type and any type here, example and fulfillment. Because what is the Bible saying? Is the Bible saying that we are to go out and become cannibals? No, that's not what the Bible is saying. The Bible is saying that we eat, we we, we treat the word of God like our daily food. How mm. important is your daily food? What kind of a priority do you put on eating each day? Most of us put a pretty high priority on sitting down to eat each day. And so as a result of that, um, you know, we generally eat three times a day, some people more, some people less, whatever it might be. And But we make it a major, major priority. We should make the same, we should make spending time in the Word of God exactly the same priority as we place upon eating our food. Mm. Definitely. Well, you were talking about KFC a moment ago. Was I? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you were. You were. Yeah, yeah. Now, now, um, what happens if you eat only KFC? Uh, not, not much good. Yeah, you know, just if you're just like pounding zinger boxes every every meal, um, and yeah, not much good. No, you're gonna you're, you're gonna, gonna die of hypertension and diabetes at the same time. There was a guy who tried it with Maccas about 20 years ago and after six weeks his doctor told him I think he had like another two weeks to live or something or other. Yikes. Um, and he just ate just Maccas. That was it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, you know, this is the kind of thing that you should reserve for emergencies when you're on the road and there's no other options. Yeah, that's right. Uh, because if you live on it, you will die. Mm-hmm. Now, um, if, we can, if, we, if we go back to an illustration right here, KFC is in- incredibly convenient, right? Mm-hmm. It's just like fast food. Yeah. What happens if you treat your spiritual life like fast food? Mm. Well, yeah. Yeah, I'm a Christian. I'll zip in, spend a little bit of time in the Word, zip back out again. Yeah. That's all there is to it. You'll die. Dude. Well, like honestly, you know, if as we've been talking about persecution in different countries and whatnot, like if they if they treated their con- uh, Christianity as something that was convenient to them um, – well, they wouldn't be persecuted as they were, but they would not be clinging to their beliefs like they are now. Like, it, ultimately, yeah, convenience is not why you become a Christian because uh, the Bible is very clear that it's going to put you at odds with a lot of different people, um, and uh, one of them even being yourself. Like, and and your own expi- like your own sin, your own struggles. Like, Christ comes into that and actively makes chaos sometimes in your life but it ultimately leads to peace um and and a change and that's like again what they're saying here is that like this is this is really serious as serious as the life and death situation that the israelites were in in the wilderness unless they had um supernatural you know uh god coming in unless that happens to us today by letting god work in our life to experience spiritual food and spiritual drink like we're done we're done um, I think it was quite easy for Paul to make this application, though, because Christ already did it. Like, if you think to 
it's John chapter four, right? Like the woman at the well, he's there telling her, like, I'm the bread of life. You will become a spring of water. Like he, Christ, like Jesus already made these applications. And so it's so clear to Paul hearkening back to that story. Now, he wouldn't have had the gospel of John uh, at the time of writing this, but just, you know, knowing those stories ha- happened. It's like, yeah, this this is the deal. Like, this is what Jesus came to give us, just like he, just like God gave to the Israelites. Absolutely. Mm. Let's go back and let's uh, read a few more verses here before we finish up right now. Um, let's pick up in verse five there. In verse five, it says, "Yet God was not pleased with most of them, and their bodies were scattered in the wilderness." These things happen as a warning to us so that we would not crave evil things as they did or worship idols as some of them did. As the scriptures say, the people celebrated with feasting and drinking and they indulged in pagan revelry. And we must not engage in sexual immorality as some of them did, causing 23,000 people to die in one day. Nor should we put Christ to the test as some of them did and then died from snake bites. And don't grumble as some of them did and then were destroyed by the angel of death. These things happened to them as examples for us. They were written down to warn us who live at the end of the age. There's the message right there. These things were examples for us. Mm. Let's learn from the examples of the past. That's Paul's message in this particular passage right here. Let's learn spiritual lessons and very practical ones as well. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. So that yep. means it is time for... Question of the Day. All right, Lars, so today's Question of the Day has a lot to do with what we've been reading um, in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. As we read, you know, the Israelites, they went through all these things they were, that, were, that were great symbols of what was to come. They were baptized, they were given spiritual food, and spiritual water that was literal, like they literally didn't die because of it. They were taken through all these amazing experiences where God saved them. And then it kind of caps off by saying, yet God was not pleased and their bodies were scattered in the wilderness um, they all died before they were allowed to go into the promised land. Bar two. Bar two, because all of them went astray. How did how did that happen? It's a really good question. Somebody suggested to me that it might be impossible for this to actually happen recently. That, in other words, once a person is baptized, and what we've got to remember is that baptism to salvation, and Paul clearly outlines in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 that this is baptism to salvation. Mm. that they experience. You know, when they go through the same through the Red Sea, they're baptized in the Red Sea and they are baptized in the cloud. They are baptized in water and they're baptized in Jesus Christ. That is baptism to salvation. That is, you know, and baptism to salvation includes baptism by the Holy Spirit. Mm. As you've got in John chapter 3 and verse 5, it says, Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say unto you, except a person is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. And so they have experienced baptism to salvation which includes baptism by water and baptism by the Spirit, and yet they're still lost, Mm. every single last one of them, to the man except Caleb and Joshua. And so the big question is how is that possible? And the answer to that, you know, and I don't have the answer. Okay, so there's, there's some questions I can't answer. I don't have the answer as to why so many of them, uh, in this case, lost their experience and fell away. Probably if we lived back then, we'd have a better understanding of that, but 
across the board they all do. And it doesn't mean that they were all lost, mm. but it does mean that none of them went into the promised land. Great parable you've got in Matthew chapter 25. The Bible says, Then the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom, and five were foolish and five were wise, and the, and and those that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them, but the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. A parable rich in uh, symbolism right here. Who is the bridegroom? Jesus. Yes. What is the lamp a symbol of in the Bible? Um, the church. The Holy Spirit. The Word of God. The Word of God. The Word of God. What is the oil a symbol of? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. Uh, what is a virgin a symbol of? The church. The church. Okay. I just listed all yeah, of them. Listed, listed them all, <laughs> but in the wrong order. Okay. So we got there in the end. It's all good. Okay. So how many of them? How many? How many of them are virgins? All of them. They're all virgins. They're all a part of God's people. Mm. How many of them have lamps? All of them. They all have the Word of God. Uh, how many of them have gone out to meet the bridegroom? All of them. How many of them are confidently expecting him to return? All of them. How many of them want to be saved? All of them. How many of them have been shedding light on the world, doing evangelistic thing, doing outreach and all that kind of all stuff? All of them. How many of them have oil? Half of them. No. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, all of them. All of them all, have all oil. Of them. Yes. But half of them run out. That is the only difference. And so here you have outlined for you, and we could go on and on and on listing the parallel, listing the things that they all have in common. Mm. These are Bible believing, <clears throat> spirit filled Christians, and only half of them are saved. Mm. And so this is a very serious warning for each one of us right here. And you can look at parable after parable after parable in the Bible that teaches exactly the same lesson right here because sometimes we sit back with this concept of eternal security and think, well, I've given my life to Jesus Christ 15 years ago. I'm saved. That's it. I can't do anything that would ever cause me to be lost. Mm. That's not what the Bible teaches because here you have very, very saved people. These people aren't even hypocrites. An hypocrite is something, someone who says, yeah, yeah, the bridegroom's coming, but they don't go out to meet him. Mm. These people are living the life, and yet they run out of the Holy Spirit, and when they run out of the Holy Spirit, they're lost. And so the warning here, it's a warning for every single one of us, not to, you know, just because you've been baptized and filled with the Holy Spirit, just don't sit back and relax because none of those people who are baptized and filled with the Holy Spirit in the Red Sea and in the cloud made it into the promised land. Let's all make sure that we make it into the promised land and find our assurance in Jesus Christ. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.